Steve Shives. Uh, yes? I am a Cyberdyne T-800 Terminator unit. You are my friend and co-host Jason, who is having yet another psychotic episode. I have been sent from the future to protect you. Okay, protect me from what? James Cameron. In 2026, he hears your reviews of both Titanic and Avatar. Wait, I'm keen to guess. He sends a robot into the past to prevent me from reviewing them? No, to prevent you from reviewing Avatar 2, 3, 4, and 5. Well, why don't we just kill him now before he makes those movies? You, you, you'd do that? <laughs> you bet your ass I would. I mean, get in my truck, buddy. We'll stop off at Walmart for bullets and road beers. Come on. Steve, you're not supposed to be complicit in my weird psychotic movie delusions. I said get in my truck. We have a director to terminate. Hasta la vista, baby. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Late Seating. I'm Jason Harding. And I'm Steve Shives. And on this show, we take a classic movie and see if it lives up to its reputation, whether that reputation is good or bad. And this time around, this movie has a uh, pretty good reputation, doesn't it, Steve? Uh Uh-huh. And what movie is that going to be? It's that 1991 science fiction action time travel epic robot from the future. But it's really about love and family. Yeah. It's got heart, you know? That's right. The movie we're reviewing is none other than Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Hooray! Tell me your trivia. I'm making things move fast this time because we did two and a half fucking hours on goddamn Braveheart. Okay, so... Never again. So here's some trivia about Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Good. Um, So Robert Patrick got into such great shape to play the T-1000 that by the time they were shooting the movie, he could actually run fast enough to easily catch up to Edward Furlong's dirt bike. So for the scene well, where Edward he... Furlong was on it. <laughs> oh, wait, that he was young then. Okay, never mind. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> so for, for the scene where he's chasing after John in the Galleria parking garage, Patrick actually had to slow down to make it look good. Wow. Yeah. What happened to him? What happened to... Robert Patrick? Yeah, did he think his super fast running was going to land him choice roles? Yeah, I mean, he just kind of got tight. In Street Fighter? (laughs) Or as Guy Who Replaced Scully? (laughs) He was, you know, he was good in some of those episodes in the last season of The X-Files. He was all right. Was he? Yeah, he was all right. It wasn't his... The sentence in there, the the words to watch out for are last season of the yeah he, he you know he they they hired they basically hired him and Annabeth Gish to turn out the lights and that's what they did they you know mm-hmm. they did okay mm-hmm. um anyway more trivia um yay the the original teaser for this movie contained no actual footage from the movie but that's inst- right it's smart that's right instead it depicted an assembly line mass producing terminators in the image of arnold schwarzenegger and if you've never if you don't remember this you've never seen this this trailer is on youtube you can look it up i uh, remember it it. yeah i I remember it too actually i was only like 10 years old but i remember it um and it was directed by stan winston who is of course the great visual effects guru who supervised the special effects on this movie they gave him 150,000 bucks that's right and this was james cameron's idea to do this original teaser because he was concerned that audiences would be confused by Arnold Schwarzenegger returning because his character, the original Terminator, had been destroyed in the first film. 
That's right, so because he, yeah. he wasn't clear enough that they were robots. Exactly. So he said, let's and make a teaser. we're stupid. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So he said, let's make a teaser where we literally show them making a new one. Hi, I'm James Cameron, and I make movies for dumb people like you. And that's why all of my movies have to explain in extraordinary detail everything that's going on in the film so that you big dunderheads don't wet yourselves trying to figure out what's going on. Anyway, here's my teaser for Terminator 2. The 2 means that it's a second part from the first movie that I made back in 1984. You bunch of dishrag-headed morons. I can't believe I make m- money off of you, but here you go. Eat it up, dumbasses. <laughs> there's young Christopher Nolan sitting off to the side, scratching onto a notepad. Explain everything. <laughs> he pauses it during it. See, this means that they're mass-producing the robots, which are coming from the future. See, that's Arnold Schwarzenegger as the Terminator. He is the same actor who played the part in the first film. However, he will be playing a different character, hence the sight of his creation in this teaser. I hope you understand. I really like her metaphor, James, about how, much like um, what Hollywood did with Arnold Schwarzenegger, they just mass-produced doppelgangers in other movies, just like Schwarzenegger, like Stallone and John claude Van Damme. And that guy who knows karate, the squinty-eyed guy, what's his name? He's fat. I don't know his name anymore. <laughs> the guy who knows karate who's fat? <laughs> what the fuck? You know, he used to be a stunt guy, and he plays a cook, and he's got to kill guys on a ship. Oh, you mean Steven I Seagal. I don't, that's not his name. I don't well, know what his name well, is. Well-known but... Russian asset, Steven Seagal. Anyway. And Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren, and. Yeah and chuck norris and you know i I like that metaphor yeah and you put some more little kids in it you have a little kid in this next movie right that's right yeah that's right how little not little enough for you george can you make him littler or can he have a little brother or sister in fact you're not allowed to see this movie Oh, what can you can you tell me the plot no but i can tell you what it'll be like to win an oscar sucker Anyway, so he made a teaser. He made a teaser with no parts of his movie. Um, (laughs) Two more pieces of trivia. Oh, God. Very quickly. Very quickly. Uh, Please. uh, Um, The climax of the movie takes place in a foundry. And it looks like it's really hot, as you would expect a foundry to be. But So hot. But Steel foundries are hot, kids. Because they're, they're melting all the metals together, right? You, you want a good, fun place to play with your laser tag? Oh, yeah. Go to a foundry. Go, go to a foundry. It's so much fun. But here's the thing, though. In the movie, they had uh, a substance to simulate the molten steel that was supposed to be in the foundry. Um, Not sure. The only thing was, in order for it to look right on camera, you had to keep this fake steel cold. So the set of the foundry was always kept very cold, which means that the actors had to be sprayed with glycerin to make it look like they were all sweaty, when in fact, they were really cold. Don't you have, right. a, don't you have a new appreciation for the movie now? No. It's Hollywood magic. I knew it wasn't real molten steel. Oh. When, when, Robert Patrick, when Robert Patrick's in there splashing around in it, you didn't think that was molten steel? No, I thought they killed a guy for real. He's <laughs> like, okay. All right. Sorry, stunt guy. You picked the short straw. <laughs> who, who pulled the black marble out of the bag? Sorry, <laughs> Chuck. Get into the steel. 
We'll take care of your family. <laughs> Try to flop around and scream a little before your torso dissolves so we can get a good shot that we can use in the movie. Now, who's going to dress up like Arnold? Anybody? <laughs> Anybody? Anybody. Looking at you, big guy. <laughs> um, and finally, perhaps the most well-known bit of trivia about this movie. Okay. Because it ties into real-world events, you see. Oh, okay. Um, the scenes from the beginning of the movie where the Terminator shows up at the biker bar were shot across the street from the site of the Rodney King beating. In fact, the movie... Why do we have to bring up the Rodney King beating during you, this super happy fun time review? You know that I always insist on bringing up the Rodney King beating during every show. <laughs> That's... <laughs> And also during all of our personal conversations. Yeah, but did it take place prior to it? it? They were they were shooting there the night of the beating itself. Now, I don't think they were actually shooting when the beating took place. Did but they, they cause were, it? They, they, <laughs> I mean, James Cameron is directly responsible for the beating of Rodney King. Um, no, That's right. He stepped outside, saw a guy being arrested, and he said, Fuck you, honky, and then he ducked back into the barrel. <laughs> It's a, it's a little-known fact about James Cameron that he loves to trigger racist riots and acts of violence, you know, just mm-hmm. just for fun. He just likes it. Um, no, so the uh, the guy, George Holliday, the guy who shot the video of the cops beating Rodney King, had actually been at the biker bar location earlier that evening mm-hmm. watching them shoot those scenes for Terminator 2. And he, rec- oh. and he recorded footage of the movie with the same camcorder that he would later use to record the Rodney King because he lived nearby because, of course, the Rodney King footage he shot from his balcony. Um, right. He lived like just down the street from the bar where they were yeah. shooting, which was right across from where the cops pulled Rodney King over. So um, he had been at the Terminator 2 shoot with, you know, with a bunch of other people from the area who were there to see the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie being filmed. Um, and then he went home and later that night was Please when. Tell me so. you have something else. Please tell me you're not ending on a Rodney King story for your fun time trivia time with the, the super happy Steve Shives. There's got to be something. There's one more if you want to hear it. Okay. I say yes. that I was Please I was Please tell me it's happier. It's 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 kind of fun. Terminator 2 inspired five school shootings. What What is it? What is it <sighs> All right, be? fine. I'll skip that one too. Jesus Christ. I didn't <laughs> think you were going to be this picky. Um No, uh the music the music, right? Yeah. That yeah. that familiar uh, Terminator theme, that percussive Terminator theme, that dun yeah, dun the dun incredibly, dun Yeah, dun, where dun, you dun, literally dun, hit dun. the same note five times in a row. Exactly. Dun, 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 dun. But did you know that composer Brad Fiedel, who composed the score, when he recorded that, that Terminator theme, he wasn't playing it on a synthesizer. In fact, he wasn't playing it on a musical instrument at all. He was playing it on a frying pan. Oh, <laughs> Hollywood. Yep, there you go. Your wacky hijinks. Yep, he used a, a a frying pan, and that's every time you hear that theme in the in the movie, you're hearing the guy just beat on his frying pan. Yay! Good for you. Are you done? I'm done now. Okay. Here's some more fun trivia okay. about Rodney King. No. <laughs> You told me you wanted to move past the Rodney King thing. Can we skip forward to the riots that set Los Angeles on fire? There's some more uplifting shit we could have put in there. I don't think James Cameron was on hand for any of that. 
No, he was probably underwater in some goddamn submarine jerking himself to climax. I don't know probably. what he was doing. You know, probably. He came back up to his capture ship, and they're like, oh, you should see what's going on in L.A. He's like, why do I care? Does it have to do with the ocean? Then don't bother me. Listen to this idea I have about conning a studio to fund my dive down to, t- to the <laughs> Titanic. <laughs> All right, you ready for who made it? Yeah. Okay, I don't think you are. I, I think I might be, though. Oh, well, we'll see. Well, well, proof is well, in the pudding. Only one way to find out. What does the fuck does that mean? You Steve? know, the original saying is the proof of the pudding is in the eating. We just say it wrong. Oh, we just say it like the proof is in the pudding. Right. We actually negated the original by saying it's the pudding's fault. Exactly. Okay. We're a bunch of pudding blamers. Is that in regards to like a, a Christmas pudding, like a plum pudding? I believe so, yes. Okay. That's the one where they put money in it. Yeah, they put coins in it so you break your fucking teeth on it. <laughs> And then they, well, it's, what do they care? It's English. And then they say, Merry Christmas. No, they say, Merry Christmas. Live with the pain. Live with the pain of broken teeth, children. Mother, I found a filling. <laughs> wow. I would like to apologize to all of our English <laughs> to listeners, the people of, of which to the people we have of England. quite a few. We have uh. a lot. We, we have a lot. We deeply respect your country and history. We are broken men, and sometimes we make bad jokes. Sometimes. Our countries have a special relationship for which we are All grateful. F- is it a special relationship? That's what they always say. Wait till you find out about us in Canada. <laughs> yes, hello. <laughs> May I please speak to Joe Biden? I found out that you've been seeing Canada behind our back for, what, 120 years? <laughs> what is this bullshit? <laughs> Ma'am, here's a picture of the United States fucking Canada from behind. Oh, dear. It's a reach around. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I feel betrayed. <laughs> Let's not tell him about us in Hong Kong. We won't, Madam. <laughs> All right, here we go. Okay. It's directed by James Cameron. I'm not doing it. You guys know. You guys know already. His name's James Cameron. And he's gotten weirder as he's gotten older. Because <laughs> now he's going to make four whole Avatar movies right now yep. that I don't think any person actually wants. I mean, when they announced new Avatars, there were maybe a couple of people like dressing up like the... Like the the Navi, whatever they're the Navi or whatever, and they got super excited. But everyone else went okay. <laughs> I feel <laughs> like at this what... point he's just making them out of spite. I don't think he is because he he said he was going to do it like ten years ago, and he's like, I'm seriously going to do his, it. This has been his end game the entire time. His his idea for a sci-fi movie when he was twelve years old, and that's all he's going to make from here on out. It's basically someone playing with made-up action figures. That's what it's going to be. We just have to lock ourselves in. Anyway, Titanic, <laughs> True Lies, Terminator 1, this movie, uh, uh, um, what else? Aliens. Aliens, that's right. Titanic, Titanic 2, more people drown. <laughs> um, whatever else he's made. Has he made any? I mean, True Lies? Piranha 2. I said True Lies. You said True Lies? I did. True Lies. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Also starring Linda Hamilton as Sarah Connor, and you know her from movies like Dante's Peak and TV shows like Beauty and the Beast. 
Did you ever watch Beauty and the Beast, Steve? I it was I was only like ten or eleven when it was on, but I watched like a couple episodes of it. Yeah. Yeah, I never watched a single episode. I thought, why are they doing this? He lived in a sewer <laughs> with Quark. Yes. <laughs> Not fun Quark. Weird bald guy Quark. I know. Who wants to see that? Mm-hmm. Robert Patrick is T as T one thousand. You know who auditioned for this, but had a motorcycle accident, so he had to duck out. I don't know. Billy Idol. Billy Idol. Wow. Yeah. Billy Idol is the T-1000. Mm-hmm. That'd be great, wouldn't it, if he had gotten the role? Sure. <laughs> a lot of people would be like, hey, isn't that guy from the 80s? <laughs> is he still alive? Michael Edwards is old John Connor. Nothing. <laughs> Earl Bowen as Dr. Silberman. A lot of TV. And a lot of voiceover for cartoons. And movies, and Steve and I know him better as Nagilum. <laughs> oh, yes! The great space dick who killed people on board the Enterprise. Just for TNG. fun. Yeah, just for just fun. Just for fun. Joe Morton as Miles Dyson, and you know him from a lot of TV and movies, and for playing the exact same character in the Justice League film. Yeah, classing up that piece of crap. <laughs> Jeanette Goldstein is Janelle, and you know her from Aliens, where she played Ramirez. Let me say her name again. Jeanette Goldstein. <laughs> she has range. What? She was in Brownface. She was in Brownface. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. Cameron went, I can't think of anybody. Actually, Cameron went, I'm stealing most of my cast from Near Dark, so <laughs> I'll, I'll put her in this. Um, also, she was in Lethal Weapon 2 and not a whole lot else. Xander Berkeley is Todd Voigt, and he was in Air Force One and The Mentalist and a bunch of other stuff. S. Eptha Murkison as Teresa Dyson, and you know her from Law & Order, because mm -hmm. she is contracted to continue to act in Law & Order until well past her death. Yep. Because she's been on that show, what, 23 years oh, or something? Oh, yeah. She shows up before they even announce the series. Mm-hmm. Castula Guerra as Enrique Salceda, and he was in Amistad. Danny Cooksey as John's friend, and you know him from the movie Mac and Me and from the uh, Nickelodeon show Salute Your Shorts. Ah, yes. And Devon Nixon as Danny Dyson, and he did a lot of TV. He's done a lot of TV. He's, he's still acting. He didn't get out like a lot of the smart kids. <laughs> you know, the ones that just did one movie and said, fuck this. And the parents went, fuck this. We love our kid and booked it. Nope. He had the parents that said, we like not working. Keep making movies, child. <laughs> We're going to ride you until you drop. And so are a lot of other people, like producers. <gasps> They're going to ride you until you drop. Have fun. Make as much money for us as you can. It's possible it never happened to Danny, but if it turned out it did, I wouldn't, I'd still be pissed off, but I wouldn't be surprised. Would you say? No, not at all. That's what happens. Sorry. That's what Hollywood does. It's a nightmare factory, as we've, is. as we've discussed many times. <laughs> Cinematography by Adam Greenberg, and he's done The Terminator and Ghost and Snakes on a Plane. Oh, good for him. Yeah, edited by Conrad Buff. And he's done Titanic and Spaceballs and Raiders and E.T. and The Last Airbender. Also edited <laughs> by Mark Goldblatt. And he's edited Commando, Robocop, and the Super Mario Brothers movie. Wow. 
Also edited by Richard A. Harris, and he's done mostly Cameron films. Three editors, Steve. Three Interesting. Editors. Why? Well, I mean, there's. I want to know why. Because it. Well, because uh, you know we didn't really mention this, but this movie took forever to shoot. Yeah, it did. So maybe it did. because it was so far behind with production, they got three guys to edit it so they could try to you know snap it up a little bit in post production. Yeah, yeah. But it also makes for kind of herky-jerky film. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Because I don't think that it was three guys all working together hand-in-hand hand, saying, we're going to do it together. Dun, 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 no, dun, I think, I think James Cameron just would gather up just like a, a big pile of film and just throw it at each of them and be like, this is yours and this is yours and this is yours. Edit it. And don't talk to me. I'm getting in, I'm getting into this isolation pool with this fucking dolphin. Yeah. And I don't want to be disturbed. You understand me? Everyone shut up. <laughs> Tell me when my moneymaker's done. I want an assembly cut by tomorrow. <laughs> Music by Brad Friedel. And he's done soundtracks for the original Fright Night and True Lies and not a whole lot else. And he's really good at smashing a single piano key five times. Yeah. <laughs> Get paid, Brad. Production companies. Coralco Pictures. Dead. <laughs> How can they be dead? It made so many great other things like the Rambo franchise and Total Recall and Stargate. It just goes to show anyone can fuck up a studio. <laughs> <laughs> you're never too successful. And you're never safe. No. Right, Warner? Uh-oh. Brothers? What? Right? <laughs> What's that? I hear I hear a mouse sniffing around you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope your little deal with HBO works out. <laughs> you fucks. You monsters. You manglers of film. You don't deserve your legacy, you bricks. You, you fucks. Uh, um, wow, we were just talking about a different production company. Uh, Pacific Western Productions, which is now called Valhalla Entertainment. Lightstorm Entertainment and Le Studio Canal, distributed by TriStar Pictures. Dead. <laughs> wow, what a what a boneyard these credits are. You never realize. Someone shot that Pegasus right in the head. <laughs> in fact, the last time they shot the Pegasus for the opening thing it was this really old, broken horse. <laughs> Barely any feathers left on its yeah, wings. They, you know, it, it was the sad. Ground. They auctioned off the wings, and you know, they didn't get nearly as much for it as they were hoping. <laughs> the music was being played by one guy on a on a broken tuba. <laughs> Just a guy humming. Wanders across the stage, and you hear a gunshot. <laughs> Enjoy the movie, kids. One of these days, Leo the Lion's going the same way for him. Uh, you know, it's 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 inevitable. <laughs> you see him break out of that little thing and start killing people. <laughs> Shoot him! <Shit. laughs> All right, release date July third, nineteen ninety one. Running time one hundred thirty seven minutes. <laughs> 137 minutes. Yep. Budget, $102 million. Adjusted for inflation, $204 million. Box office, $520 million. Adjusted for inflation, $1.04 billion. Making it the number one film of the year. Right, Steve? Oh, boy, yeah. We all loved it. It was great. We all yeah. saw it over and over again. And that's why and said, it only took what? them a mere 12 years to make Terminator 3. 
at the end of this movie, you go, oh, so there doesn't need to be one, right? Yeah, and that's what people thought. For... Until people started, my money bag's almost empty. <laughs> we better make another Terminator, wouldn't you say? Mm? My money bag's almost empty. I can't buy little children to have sex with if I don't have money in my money bag. So please, make another Terminator film. It doesn't make any sense if we make another Terminator film. Shut up and just do I'll it. I'll have you killed. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be dead, and then there'll be someone in your place that'll say yes. <laughs> make that happen, You're just you? a button pusher. Hire someone to kill you and then replace you. Okay, thank you very much. You shut up or you'll get Cheerios when I say you get Cheerios. <laughs> Please hurry up. They're almost too old for me to find attractive. Ah, uh, Hollywood. <sighs> I love my hate for them. I mean, I don't love to hate them. I, mean, I love my hate I, for them. I, I feel like Does at this, that make sense? I feel like at this point we know more than enough about how awful it truly is under the cheerful facade that i mean could you really hate on it too much Hmm. like is there anything is there any joke you could make where somebody could rightfully say oh come on that's too far yeah it's like what are you talking about like they (laughs) you name it and they've done it (laughs) like if someone came out with a thing that said james burles loves to fuck elephants i'd be like okay yeah yeah you'd be like that sounds about right and then you can expect the next Oscar thing to be so pro-elephant that there's elephants everywhere. Yeah. We had no and idea. all the money, we had no idea. We would like to say that we stand for elephant rights and everyone would stand up and pl- clap uncomfortably looking side <laughs> to side because they've all fucked elephants. I mean, sure. That's we the all, problem with Hollywood. We all knew that James had kind of a fixation for elephants, but we, we never realized. We watched fucked an elephant. We said nothing to nobody. <laughs> Matt Damon comes out and he says, like, look, I, I knew that he had, you know, an inappropriate relationship with an elephant, but I just thought it was like office type stuff. You know, you chase the elephant yeah. through the hall. If I had smack I, it on the butt, maybe I wish I had said something to him about it. They'd never admit fault. Right. That wasn't the James Burroughs that I knew. Exactly. He never <laughs> fucked an elephant when I was around. That's right. The kind of felt left out to be honest i, 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 I actually mean, asked if he wanted to once and he said no i you know said, hey look i bought i brought an elephant over i specifically said, oh, acquired an, an elephant <laughs> i only like the african elephant i didn't know i didn't know so i missed opportunity and i couldn't find another elephant guy i fucked an elephant all by myself that weekend i felt like a fool if only i had known yeah, yeah but at least it tasted good once it was cooked oh. and all and well, some of it did. The first batch came out a little tough, but you know, once you, <laughs> once you figure out what the right temperature should be, you got to slow cook. Yeah, it. you can't. You can't. Yeah, you can't turn the heat up too high. <laughs> Someone rushes out and whispers in his ear. <laughs> oh, we're pro. Oh, okay, we're pro elephant. I didn't. Never mind. Okay, the beautiful creatures, beautiful social animals, highly yes, intelligent, so stoic. <laughs> Fuck it. We'll just do the whole show. The rest of the show is this riff, everybody. <laughs> just... The fictional Oscar program where they have to whitewash the fact that a huge number of their members have fucked elephants. <sighs> we'll return to Oscar, the year of the elephant, after these words. From the World Wildlife Fund. All right. Anyway, uh, Steve, are you ready? Yeah. To go running into the world because I'm going to warn you: as soon as we run into the world, it blows up. Okay. Okay. Let's do it. I'm just telling you. Let's blow it up. There's a lot of war imagery in this I, movie. I, I remember. 
Okay. I just watched well, it. Let's go. Use your pulse rifle. Oh boy. Shoot it at anything that's not human. Okay. Gee, I wonder why the machines want to kill Gee, us. I, I, <laughs> what could they possibly have against us? I know. We're so nice. And let's run into the world of Terminator 2. Probably the first time this has occurred. Colon, Judgment Day. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, take it away. Oh, boy. We're in the futuristic world of Los Angeles in the year, the far-off year of 2029. Well, first we have some mopey shots of Los Angeles present. That's true. Yeah, we do. And then all of a sudden, snap, and we're in the, the we're in the the post-apocalyptic yeah, future. Yeah, the future where the machines have taken over. Yes, yeah. but thankfully, some people have piled up skulls into convenient little piles so that we can recognize them as skull piles. Yeah, and then the and machines the, can step on them. Yeah, we hear a lady talk. Yeah, a lady's telling us about what a shithole everything is. That's right, because the machines attacked us, and we didn't deserve that. No, we're completely right? innocent. And <laughs> how dare they? How dare they do that? Ooh. How dare they hunt us like the animals that we are? Rotten machines, you. And but then the the narrator's like, but my baby boy, my my beautiful Jesus, he's he taught everybody how to fight the machines, and his name is John Connor. And did I mention he's my son? I I don't. He's important, and and uh, he's gonna win. The end. You yeah. don't have to see any more of the movie <laughs> unless someone fucks it up in the sequels after this, which shouldn't be made. But okay, whatever. Anyway, hi, I'm... Okay, everyone sit down. I'm going to freeze frame on my beautiful son's face. I'm just going to tell the whole yeah. story verbally. Here's a little exposition. So she basically... She she summarizes the plot from the first Terminator movie, which is that Skynet, the evil computer that controls all of the machines, uh, sent a Terminator back in time to 1984 to kill her, mm-hmm. your humble narrator, before she could give birth to John Connor, the leader of the resistance. That didn't turn That's out right. so well. So then they sent... No. What you don't know is they sent another Terminator back to kill John Why Connor when he was a kid. How, how'd they find the time? Get it? Ah, uh, because <laughs> they have time travel, so... Yeah, I see what you did there. Wait, no, I don't get it. How did they do that? Did they send them all at once? Sure, why not? That's, okay, great. Anyway, after recapping the first movie for us, we then go to a truck stop. Yeah. And there's an energy thing. Uh-oh. And a naked Arnold Schwarzenegger shows up. That's always like, bad I'm news. naked. That's always bad news when, an Arnold, <laughs> when a naked Arnold Schwarzenegger shows up. That's pretty true. Every servant that ever worked in the Schwarzenegger household oh said, is he clothed today? And they, they, he is not. <laughs> they, they call that the Terminator when that happens. <laughs> he is very naked. He's somehow more naked than ever before. <laughs> I need your dress, your brassiere, and your panties. He is turgid with rage. <laughs> he... Anyway, so he shows up and he then walks into a, a bar. A biker he's bar. He's looking at everybody. Yeah, and, and, biker and, bar. and he sizes up this one. He's, you know, he's, he's a robot man, so he can size everybody up automatically. So he's got robot vision. Yeah, and we see his robot vision, and he finds this one guy who looks like he's his size. Uh-huh. And he walks up to the guy, and he says, I need your clothes, your boots, and your motorcycle. And the guy's like, well, okay. What, um, yes, do sir. Do you want to do this in, in the bathroom, or...? <laughs> You know, I have a cab, and my, my, I could borrow... Hey, Chunky, can I borrow your cab for no, a No, you strip second? naked right here in front of everybody. 
<laughs> do it now. Oh, you want to do it in front of everybody? Yeah, okay, everybody fine. do it now. Who? This is a dream come true. I'm telling you this much. I believe in God now because he's answering a prayer. You got it, buddy. And that's the movie. No. Um, but first, I have to be rough with yeah, you. I, love, <laughs> I like a little role play. No, he beats him up and he takes his Yeah, clothes. he beats a and couple of other people takes, up too, yeah. Yeah, and he takes his motorcycle. Yeah, and a cool pair of sunglasses, put, even though it's nighttime. That's that's right. And then they play some really on-the-nose music. Yeah, Bad to the Bone. Uh-huh, by George Thurgood. Yeah. And, the, and the Demon Haunted Backup Players? I don't... What was the name of George Thurgood and the oh, what Destroyers? Was, I can't remember the name of the... I just remember George Thurgood, but yeah, you're, you're right. I, I can't remember the name of the band. Anyway, Anyways, it's Bad, bad to, to the, the Bone. bone. Meanwhile, we cut to another part of Los Angeles that is dirty and gross and filled with awful, gross homeless people. And the cops are there, and they see a hole in the fence, a circular hole, and they're, huh. And then a naked man knocks out one of the guys and breaks into his car dressed up like a cop, and he's looking for who, Steve? He's looking for John Connor. That's right, and he's, he's looking in the database. And then we cut to John Connor, and he's a dick. Yeah. And his friend is a dick. Yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't appreciate everything that his foster parents do for him. Yeah, and they've had it. Yeah. He hasn't cleaned up his room for like a month. Yeah, and no amount of money they get from the state is making up for the fact that he's just a dick. Yeah. And they tell him to clean up his room, and he says, Oh, yeah, I'm going to ride my dirt bike with my best friend. Goodbye, yeah, suckers. I hate you. I hope you die horribly screaming. Yeah, we're going to go rob a bank and play some video games. That's right. Now we cut to the cuckoo hatch. Yep. And who's in the cuckoo hatch, Steve? Our narrator, Sarah Connor. Oh. She's cuckoo for Cocoa who, Pups, or so they think. And who recaps the plot again of the previous movie for us? Oh, uh, that would be Dr. Silberman, her psychiatrist. Yeah, and she's like, she thinks they're, they're robots after her. Ha 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 ha. That's stupid. Cut back to the T, whatever. We don't know he's a robot yet. No, but he's... Unless you saw the fucking preview. Yeah. And, and or the you trailer. Can, or you can read obvious cues in this movie itself. Actually, you know what? If they hadn't spoiled it in the trailer, you probably would not know. I don't know. They about don't that. make it obvious that he they don't make it obvious so if we had only seen the first movie and not a trailer, we would have assumed that Arnold Schwarzenegger is the same icky robot man from the first movie. And that maybe the T-800 or T-1000 is like the new Carl, whatchamacallit, right? Because he doesn't kill anybody, right? No. He just goes around and he's doing investigations. He knocks out one cop, or, or at least appears to knock out a cop, right. and take his clothes. So they kind of play it so that we don't, wouldn't know, unfortunately, the trailer ruins all of it. So that we're just sitting here waiting for him to get to the people he needs to get to, right? Because we already know, okay, this guy's a bad guy, and Arnold Schwarzenegger's a good guy in this movie. Yay. Thanks for ruining... I don't know. 20, 30 minutes of I film? Think I, I have a slightly different opinion. I think that the nature of the T-1000 would still have been a surprise, because you're right, they don't spoil that he's a shapeshifter right away. Um, mm -hmm. But I think it's pretty clear that they're, they are cueing us to like Arnold from the very beginning. Like I, you think? I think that I don't think the bit that every that we're gonna get to in a minute that bit when they're in the Galleria and you know, Arnold pulls the shotgun and and uh -huh. but it turns out he's not shooting at John he's shooting at Robert Patrick like that's not as much of a surprise I don't think as people because I mean you don't play bad to the bone if the guy is the well, villain the like problem. that's a good guy song you can't you can't you. Wait a minute. Did you just say that Bad to the Bone is a Bad good to guy the song? Bone is a good guy song. 
Have you listened yes. to the lyrics of Bad It's the a bone? good guy's <laughs> you know it's a it's it's about it's about a bunch of nurses wanting to fuck a baby the instant it's born. Exactly, because he's so badass. <laughs> I'm saying it could go either way. I'm okay. thinking I honest cuz the it was heavily played once the trailer was out, it was heavily played in the movie theaters, and it was heavily played on TV, and they were making a big point, and Arnold Schwarzenegger was doing interviews going, I'm the good guy now, and so that everyone knew I never when they play walked a in. ever again. But I think that if you didn't know anything about it, and you had only seen Terminator 1, the first Terminator, yeah. you would go in with, he's acting a little different, but he's older, and, you know... It's, you know, this guy, this new guy could be the new Carl uh, Weiss character or whatever. Um, Kyle, Kyle Reese. Kyle Reese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And up until the point when, until he says, get down, you could have that anticipation building up. And I think all of that is lost due to its marketing. Yeah. Well, we'll never so, know, will we? We'll never know. We'll never know. Anyway, so he's looking around for John. And he goes up to his, his foster parents and he says, hi, I'm looking for John. And this guy's more personable. Yeah. He says things like, nice house. He seems more human yeah. than Arnold does. And they're like, we don't know where he is. Fuck him. I hope he's dead. Do we get paid money if he's dead? Do we still get the money if he dies? We want it's money. Now how he dies? And then we coon back to John Carter, our hero in the movie. And he's doing what, Steve? He's using uh, a computer to break into an ATM and steal money. Yeah. yeah. And then... And then he's like, Apropos let's go play nothing. video games. The, his jerk his jerk friend finds a picture of his mommy, and he has to tell him that his mommy is in the booby hatch, yeah. which we already knew. But now we know that he knows. Yeah, but it's still a bunch of exposition about, yeah, we did this thing, and then we did this thing, and then she tried to blow up a thing, and now she's in the booby hatch. Cut back to the booby hatch, and she's trying to convince the doctor that she's all better now, that she don't believe in no robots. That's in right. The future, and right? the doctor's like, I don't know. Last week, you sounded like you still believed in the robots. And she's like, Yeah, but I changed my mind. And he's like, I don't know. And he's like, Are you sure? And she's like, No, there are robots, and they're going to kill him. I got to get out of here so I can protect him. I'm going to save everybody. And they're like, they're like, well, if it actually happened, there would be proof because you said you killed one of them. And she says, I don't know where it went. And then we cut to the lab where it is, where all the evidence is. And it's an arm and it's a computer chip. And we meet Miles Bennett Dyson. He's he's doing something. Yeah. He seems nice. <laughs> then we cut back to the thing and she's like, it'll kill all of you. And then they have to sedate her. Meanwhile, um, Jerk Kid goes to the mall to play video games, and um, oh no, uh, the T-800's there, yeah. and so is Arnold, Uh-oh. and they're all looking for him, and then his friend says, hey, that cop's looking for you, and he's like, I'm going to escape through the back way, and he escapes into the back way, and he sees the robot, police man, liquid Yeah, that, that guy. and. And then there's some poor janitor standing there, and then Arnold comes out and he says, "Get down!" And then he gets down, and they shoot at each other a lot. Get used to this. Oh yeah, shoot, shoot, shoot. <laughs> he shoots him out into the hallway, and then he he says, "Does he say come with me?" No, he says that later. Get up, stupid! Yeah. I go to grab you and pick you up now, okay? <laughs> We're going to run, and so uh, he no, he gets away from him. Right, right, right. yeah. John gets away on his on, John gets away on, on his dirt, dirt bike. bike and and drives away, and the T one thousand chases after him, and you have that scene where the where, the where he's running after gets, him steals a truck. Yeah, 
and then John goes down into the estuary, and the truck goes down into the estuary. But then, oh no, Arnold Schwarzenegger shows up, and he's like, bang, bang, and everyone's like, bang, bang, and then he jumps into the estuary, and he grabs John, and then he's like, bang, bang, and he blows up the whole truck with a shotgun. Yeah. Later like you in the can movie, do. he has difficulty blowing up a truck with a grenade launcher. Well, trucks, every truck is different. Figure that no, tr- out. No, <laughs> every truck is different. You know, you can't blow up. Just because you blow up one truck with a, with a shotgun doesn't mean you can blow up every other <laughs> truck. Mean you could, with a grenade With a grenade launcher, launcher exactly. <laughs> First of all, the weight, the balance is completely different, you know. Stop okay. it. Allow me my, my little piccadillos. Okay. <laughs> will, you, will you have patience with the things that I find infuriating can you do that yes it's only been 900 years since we started this podcast you would think you would allow me without contradicting what i say (gasps) Uh, please continue thank you thank you anyway they get away and then john's like you're a robot and he's like yep you got it kid gotta get away and he's like okay um and then he says wait i gotta call my step parents because i actually i'm a really good kid and uh, I don't want them to get hurt. And he makes a phone call, and they're like, "Come home, honey, boo boo. We just made we made your favorite meal, and we bought you toys, and we love you. Please come home. Oh, we I'm gonna cry now." <laughs> and John's like, "They're being weird." And so the, the Arnold Schwarzenegger is on the phone, and he he pretends to do his voice, and then he he says, "Hey, what's wrong with Shotzi?" And they're like, Shotzi's fine. And then he hangs up the phone and he says, what, Steve? Your step-parents are dead. Your foster parents are dead. Yeah. Because I killed them That's earlier cool. today. <laughs> <laughs> and then he shoots him. <laughs> so then we cut to the loony bin. They're showing Sarah Connor the pictures from the mall. And they said, this dude is the one that killed all those cops in the first movie. Can, do you know anything about her? And she's like, nope, nope. I'm stealing a, I'm, st- I'm stealing this paperclip. And they're like, okay, send her back to her room. And then we come back, and uh, that's when John finds out that he has complete control over the T, T-800 yeah. robot. And some, and, but before that, he says, come on, we're going to get your mom. And he says, no, and he grabs him. And he, then he's like, help, help, help. And two very nice gentlemen yes. who sees a kid in trouble run up to t- stop him. And then the T-800 nearly kills him. Yeah, and then John says, hey, okay, from now on, don't kill nobody. And he says, why? And then this movie, because it's so good with philosophy, he just says, because you just can't. <laughs> Let me see if I understand this, okay? <laughs> if you die, the future will be bad and all humanity will be killed by robots. But I'm not supposed to kill anybody. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Killer future because robot. Because you just say, I can't. <laughs> That's what I said. Also, my acting limitations are coming through in this scene. <laughs> So the T-800 agrees to not kill anybody, and he also agrees to do what John wants, and they're going to go rescue Sarah from the the mental hospital because they figured out that the T-1000, because it can can take the the shapes of other people, its next Uh most logical step would be to go find Sarah and kill her and take her place. Yeah, wait there. Yeah. To kill him. Right, to take her place. And then kill John. Right. But he says, we're going. And he's like, fine. And then we cut back to the hospital where a creepy orderly guy strapped 
straps her into bed and then licks her face. Yeah, it's not good. Don't do that. If you work if you work at a hospital, don't do that. Never lick a woman's face because eventually she will break free and kill no, and you. You'll, and you'll deserve it. You'll deserve it. That's right. Anyway, she put the, the paper clip in her mouth and she spits it out towards her hand and she's going to she's gonna break out. Yeah. She's going to use that paper clip. Also, she gets a huge amount of wire from that paper clip. Oh, boy, yeah. Because it was, it was coiled a around a couple of times, of apparently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But meantime, oh, no, the T-800, T-1000s come in and he's pretending to be a floor for some reason. And um, then a cop walks on him, gets some coffee, and then he stabs his eye out. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And um, then Sarah uh, gets out, and she beats up the guy that licked her face. Yeah. And um, she then finds Dr. What's-His-Face? <laughs> Dr. <laughs> Dr. Silberman. Silberg? Silberberg. Silberman. Silberman, yeah. And, yeah, and she beats up two of the orderlies, and then she sticks an entire syringe full of Adreno into his neck. Yeah, right? and she says, I'm going to kill him like this if you don't let me out of here. Yeah, I'm going to put it all in there. And I'm like, lady, you just put Drano cleaner inside of a syringe. You've already killed him. <laughs> uh, some of it has leaked out. You've already into killed his neck him. Part. <laughs> He's dead now. <laughs> he just doesn't know yet. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, John and the, the Terminator get there, and Terminator shoots the knees out of some poor old man who's probably really close to a retirement. Yeah, but he'll live. At the guard at the gate, and he says, he'll live. Not well. He'll be in constant pain, the, but he'll be alive. Right, John? This is better, right, John? The Terminator's, this is better? It's the Terminator's version of I'm not touching you. Mm-hmm. This should get worse. Like he peels some guy's skin <laughs> off of his head. He will live. Technically, I did not kill him. I did not kill him. He could have died quickly, peacefully. Now he has to go through all of this. Look surgery. at it, John. Look at it. It's because That's of you. Right. Look at him run around trying to hold his skin to his scalp and face. Congratulations, John. Thanks to medical science, he will survive, but why? But not well. This is your fault. His, his wife will leave him because he is so badly scarred. The rest of his life will be a nightmare because of you. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Sarah shows up with the needle in the neck of Dr. Silverberg, and she's like, let me out, or I'm going to do it. And he's like, she's crazy, let her out. And then they go, and then she runs, they, they get the thing out of his neck, and they're chasing after her, and she breaks the key off in one of the gates because she stole the, the orderly's keys. Yeah. And then she waits. she's waiting for the elevator, and it goes ding, and she runs up to the elevator, but oh no, Arnold Schwarzenegger rocked <gasps> out. And she thinks he's a bad guy. F- she thinks she's the bad guy, and she runs away, and then all the orderlies jump on top of her, and Dr. Silberberger is like, hold her still, I'm going to fill her full of this tranquilizer. And then Arnold Schwarzenegger walks, walks up, beats them all up, and uh, John White runs up and says, it's okay, it's okay, see, I'm alive, and, and he's here. And then he says, come with me if you want to live. That's right. And then everyone turns to look to see the T-800 ooze through some bars. Yeah. Squish. He even, yeah. They even give him like a squishy sound effect when he's like yeah. squishing through the bars. Sounds like someone fucking around with some jello. Yeah. Anyway, they run away. They grab a cop car. He chases after them. They get, They escape. The end. There's a whole bunch of action sequences. If we describe yeah. every action sequence, Steve, we'll be here forever. <laughs> anyway, they're driving home, and she's like, oh, and she reaches over to him, and he thinks he's getting a hug, but he's not. His mom's just checking him for bullet holes, and that upsets him, and he starts to cry, and the robot's like, why are you crying? Or what is that? Yeah, what's, just knock it, knock it off. <laughs> Stop freaking the robot out. 
And he's like, nothing. And Sarah's like, okay, I guess I'm accepting this. And they break into a gas station, and they're going to stay there the night. And she gets sewed up because she got a knife in the back from the T-800. Right. And then she takes out all the bullets from Arnold. And then he stands there all night, and they steal his station wagon because whoever needed it, I'm sure they don't need it anymore, right, Steve? Fuck them. Hmm? Fuck them. They're not the protagonist of what the movie. What if it was a family, and they're traveling cross-country? What if it's the Griswolds, and they had to stop at a crappy hotel, and now some robot and some miscreant kid and some psychopath lady stole their freaking... That wouldn't be fun. Oh, I'm oh, the hilarity. The I'm sorry. Hijinks. Is one of the Griswold kids going to lead the resistance to the machines in the future? I don't think so. We don't even know if this jerkass is, is, who doesn't want to kill anybody is going to do is it. Is Rusty going to lead the resistance? With the Rusty could do it. You saw who we grew up into. He's not. He's not a wimpy guy. <laughs> uh, anyway, so then they steal a car and then they drive. To a gas station, and then we have some more talky bits, like teaching Arnold how to say slang things. Yeah, and 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 Sarah asking him all about how everything happened, and then they meet some illegal guy, some guy who I guess just stands guard over her cache of guns. Well, forever. because when they're talking in the car, uh, the Terminator tells them about. Uh, Miles Dyson and how he's the person mm-hmm. most responsible for creating Skynet. So they get the, or Sarah mm-hmm. gets the idea of, hey, instead of just protecting John so he grows up to become the leader of the resistance, if they prevent Skynet from existing in the first well, place. We don't know that until they fix the truck and they learn how to high five and she's staring at him when we get more exposition. Yeah, because the, the Terminator is like the father figure that he never had. But anyway, eventually they get to the point where they say, hey, here's what we're going to do. We're going to prevent. Well, no, she, she has her nightmare, Steve. Oh, that's you know, right. The thing where, that all the where, hardcore kids like in this movie, where where she gets nuked. Yeah, she gets. Well, actually, her twin is gets her. Nuked. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, her twin did a lot of her stunts in this movie, guys. She has an identical twin. And yeah. She was the t- twin when she was. You know, she's wearing a waitress uniform, and then the bomb goes off, and everybody dies, and it's horrific. And everyone who had ever had a nightmare about nuclear war in the 1980s, Steve was too young for it probably never told him about nuclear weapons when he was a kid right steve nah nah and by the time he was 10 there wasn't even a, a, a russia no more right? that's right because reagan beat him <laughs> reagan won anyway she she leaves and yeah. john's like come back mom who and she's like i'm gonna love. go kill um no, she well, cause she's not. She's gonna go kill Skynet guy. That's right. They figure it out. Yeah. They're gonna kill Mom yeah. Ben Dyson. And now, in in a in a clever reversal, she is now the Terminator. <gasps> she is going back in time to kill someone to change the future. And we cut to Mild Bennett Dyson, and he's got a nice little family and a great big rich person's house. And she's like, "Shoot him up! I don't care. Let's shoot everything." And she finally gets in there. She shoots him in the shoulder. She's pointing the gun directly at her head. And this is the reason why she was nominated for an Academy Award but didn't win it. Right, Steve? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because if we haven't covered it yet, she really put herself through the ringer for this movie. Oh, boy, yes. She got in shape. She had all this oh, training. She looks fantastic, right? You oh, ne- yeah. You never go, oh, she couldn't hold her own. She's She is muscle. She's down. a badass. Yeah. But what's really great is she's doing really great with a really bad script. 
she really is putting her all into into this performance. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh, for because sure. She has the holy shit. Am I really doing this moment? <laughs> right. His mild Benedictus is on the ground. He's he's begging why his family is screaming not five feet from her. She's about to put a bullet in him, and then she has a moment of clarity and goes up against the wall and falls down, and she's crying. And uh, during this time, the the uh, Dyson family don't leave. <laughs> no, which, you know, I would get the fuck out, but that's just yeah, me. Yeah, me too. That's just me. Um, but then John and Arnold showed up, and they're like, Hey, Mom, you don't have to do this. And then um, what happened? She's like, well, You came to stop me? And he's like, Yeah, of course. I'm, I'm the hero. I'm the nice guy. And she's like, I love you. And he's like, I love you too. And you're like, Oh, that's, that's been resolved. We know now that she loves him and that yeah. she just doesn't look at him as a thing she has to do for the human race to be alive. Right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Anyway, then Arnold strips all the skin off of one of his arms and shows it to the whole family. Well, no, they do take yeah. the, they do take the little kid. They out take of the, the room. kids into the other room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Much like I'd seen some parents taking their kids out of the out of the theater because it was a little more violent than they thought. It was going well, the to fucking be. thing was rated R. What did they want? That doesn't stop nobody, Stephen. You know it. Fucking little wimps. Oh, he's got a robot arm. Get out of the theater, you little pussy. And then they explained to my, the Dyson that, hey, guess what? You did, stupid. You made a nah. thing and it killed everybody <laughs> in the whole world. What is Good it? job. Good job, dummy. Oh, I'm going to get a PhD. Well, you got a PhD in destroying the planet, asshole, because you make robots destroy everything. And yeah, they're like, jerk. we got to make it so you never, ever do it. And he's like, okay, so wait you gonna kill me still and he's and they're like no we're not gonna kill you we changed our mind but that would be like the way to ensure that i don't do it is to kill me like don't look my mom my mom is really close okay don't don't convince her that you're okay with being murdered okay because <laughs> she'll just do it <laughs> but they got to go back to the lab and blow it up Right, they gotta destroy his work so it can't be used to create Skynet. That's right, and so they go there, they sneak in, they grab the stuff, they open doors with a grenade, armored doors with the grenade launcher. Yeah. That somehow can't destroy the truck at the end of the movie. Uh, yep. <laughs> Boy, he used all the good grenades on the doors. He's like, oh no, I only have the bad, just for kids grenades left. Ah, you, you couldn't pop a pimple with these grenades. Um, they get all the stuff. They get the arm that the lab had from the previous movie and the chip. Yeah. Um, but then, oh no, all the cops show up. Uh oh. And they still got to get out of there. So Arnie goes out onto a window ledge with a minigun and shoots everybody's car. But he don't kill nobody. And then he shoots some grenades. No, he doesn't kill anybody. They go back downstairs to get ready to go. They're going to get out of there. But the super SWAT team, led by someone... <laughs> what's the name of the character he played? Shit. Um, the lead of the SWAT team is was in Breaking Bad. He played uh, He played the brother-in-law. Okay. Okay, never mind. You didn't watch it. I, I never watched Breaking Bad. I'm Why sorry. Why in the hell did you... Okay. I like crime drama. Why haven't you watched that? <laughs> Don't judge me. I got shit to do, okay? There's only so many hours in a day. <laughs> Whatever, fine. Star Trek's not going to endlessly rewatch yeah. itself. Are there spaceships in it? No, there's no spaceships <laughs> in Breaking Bad. <laughs> Honestly, most most other shows with spaceships in it, I don't give a shit about either. So just 
just to be fair. Anyway, they break in. They start shooting everything. Uh, Dyson gets shot. And he's like, go on without me. I'm going to die here. And he's got the trigger, right? Yeah, for all the explosives they set out. Yeah, yeah and he tells them, I don't know how much longer. He's holding up a piece of the model of... There's a... Oh, here's, here's, here's symbolism. He's holding up a piece of the circuit that they had, a piece of the model. Ah, that's Over poetry the right there. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Someone wet their pants when they came up with that. Anyway... Oh, such a good idea. He says, I don't know how much longer I'm going to do that. They all run away. And then while uh, John and the robot and Linda are in the elevator, um, he dies. And yep. there's an explosion. Uh-oh. And they get down to the bottom floor, and they're like, oh, no, all the cops are out there. And then he goes, don't worry. And he goes out there, and he shoots everybody in the knee- kneecaps, effectively ending their usefulness as workers. And <laughs> he's just like, brah, 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 brah. Everyone's knees are exploding all over the place. Which is also one of the most painful places you can fucking get shot. And so uh, then he steals a gas gas grenade gun. He shoots gas grenades all over the place. In the meantime, the T-800 has shown up because now he's a motorcycle cop. And uh, for some reason, he rides all the way up to the third floor on his motorcycle. Why would he do that, Steve? He's in a hurry. Steve? Why would he's he do that? He's in a that? hurry, so he, he wants to get there fast, so he takes his motorcycle. He has to stop at every landing and readjust the motorcycle so he can aim it so he can go back up the stairs. Yeah, but he's a robot, so he can probably do that real fast. He's a liquid metal robot. He could run mm-hmm. up it real fast. He didn't think about that. He didn't think about that. <laughs> it isn't just to set up a stunt, right? It isn't he's just not to do perfect. That. He's not perfect. Whatever. Anyway, he's up there. He's It's been blown up. And then he sees a helicopter, and he says, I know what I'll do. I'm going to jump over to that helicopter, and he does it, and he takes over the helicopter because the other guys have gotten away in a police SWAT van. <sighs> I'm tired. <laughs> you do it from here, and I'll just break in when you get it wrong. Um. Okay, so he's chasing them with the helicopter while they're in the van, and uh, he brings the helicopter down real low behind the van, and then the Terminator who's driving the van slams on the brakes, and the helicopter crashes into the back of the van. That's right. And uh, then, the, but it also causes the van to, to crash, flip over. to flip over. Um, and there's another guy in a truck who uh, uh, pulls up to where the helicopter crashed, and the T1000 gets out and uh, steals the guy's truck. Kills him. And, and kills him, yeah, and steals the guy's truck and goes chasing after him uh, in the big truck. And meanwhile, they get out of the van and they steal another guy's pickup truck. Mm-hmm. And, and so they're, now they're chasing with the, the good guys in the pickup truck and the T-1000 and, right. and the big truck. And uh, they drive to the foundry. Also, this is on a freeway at night in Los Angeles that isn't brimming over with cars. Yeah, which is good because they couldn't have a chase otherwise. No, they couldn't. It would be impossible if they were stuck in traffic. Yeah, that would Hilariously really exciting. funny. Yeah. But <laughs> Come on, get out of the way. Get out of the way. Move. <laughs> honk, 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 honk. You have to... <laughs> The T-1000 is like... (laughs) Arnold, like, opening the door and, like, leaning out the window. What the fuck is the hold up? And Sarah, like, tugging his arm, pulling him back. And like, no, come on, stop it. Stop it. This is not something to get impatient about. John's in the backseat. People are making me so angry. When are we going to get... Stop like this. I'm bored. We're Shut never up. going to get there. I will turn off at the next stop and make you walk the rest of the way. <laughs> I swear to God, I will turn this car around right now. <laughs> the kids are driving me crazy. <laughs> you stop it. You shut up. 
Sit down. Meanwhile, Such the, a face. the T-1000 is in the cab of the, the truck stuck in traffic, and he hears one of the drifters that the previous trucker has has locked up inside the back cabin. <laughs> then he just turns his finger into a yet? knife and stabs him. <laughs> He's like... <laughs> <laughs> but it is what happens. In fact, Arnie gets out, goes into the bed of the truck, and he shoots... He shoots a lot of grenades at the truck, and the truck yep. does not destroy itself. No, but it's obviously weakened yes. because it does it does crash eventually. Only okay, it crashes when when Arnie jumps onto the truck, machine guns the T one thousand, and then grabs the steering wheel and yoinks it over so that it will so that it will jackknife, and yeah. <laughs> But if it hadn't been weakened by all those grenades, uh-huh. it probably wouldn't have jackknifed as well. You know what else is unfortunate is the fact that uh, half of it was covered in Vaseline because it allows the jackknife big rig weighing several hundred tons and a full <laughs> load skid. of liquid nitrogen to skid for four or five miles until yeah, it finally... all the way. They yeah, drive it in, skids all the way into the foundry where the they've foundry. driven. And it blows up. And all the liquid all the liquid nitrogen goes everywhere, and and the T one thousand, who is of course made of liquid metal, uh, (laughs) comes comes staggering out. But he's all frozen now because of the of the nitrogen. Thing in this is what a truck crashes into their workplace. Yep. And the foreman goes, "Everybody, get out of here!" And not a single person says, "Why shouldn't (laughs) we find out if these people are okay? Should we investigate this?" What is so inherently dangerous about this truck crashing into our gateway, into the doorway to the facility? It didn't hit a fucking thing. It just cracked open, sir. Where are we running to? Why are we running? What are we doing? <laughs> but they just all get just out, I said. Immediately beat Cheeks out of the foundry. Get out right? of here. Yeah, exactly. No alarm is set off? Nope. Would they run into the, into the break room? Is it safe to go back in there? They all huddled into the break room. I was really scared when that truck crashed. Man, I left my sandwich in my locker. I'm starting to get hungry. (laughs) Anyway, so the T-800 is getting covered in liquid nitrogen, and then he freezes, and he breaks up, and then Arnold Schwarzenegger pulls out his gun, and he says, Hasta la vista, baby. And he shoots him, and he shatters, right? You're like, He shatters. The movie's over. Hooray. Not yet. Oh, that's right, because the heat from the foundry is making him turn back into liquid metal. Yeah, and he slides back together. A bunch of little drops form into a big pool, and then he rises back up. It takes a really long time. Can I ask a question? Uh Uh-huh. Why didn't they just steal another car and get away? They really probably should have. Why did they run deeper into the fucking foundry? Good question. That's a really good question. Why didn't they follow the people that immediately panicked and screamed and run all the way home? They should have run into the break room with everybody else. <laughs> but nope, they they go hide in the foundry, and now the T eight hundred is looking for them. And we have a little cat and mouse. Yeah, that's right. And the T eight hundred. Oh, and the T eight hundred catches Sarah, and he's like, "Yeah, call for John." And I'm like, "Why are you doing that? You can you do can, his voice. You can do his <laughs> you voice. You can do her voice. You can turn into her. Why are you doing that? Oh, it's a cutscene. Oh, thanks, cutscene." He's just having some fun. In the cutscene, they show that he is having difficulty. He's been damaged. 
There is a little bit of that. It's it's not it's not at all clear in the theatrical cut, but there no. is that shot of him where it, he kind of has like a glitch go through him. Right. And it's it's so it's suggested that he's not operating at full capacity, but it's not but made like explicit. There was stuff in the film yeah. that was making it explicit. He's having yeah. troubles, which explains why instead of just fucking killing her, he needs her to call for John. Right. So it leaves you to go. Why is he doing that? But then uh, Arnie shows up and they have a fight. And then he stabs him with a crowbar, and then the Terminator, then Arnie dies, and yep. and he's gonna get uh, John, Sarah, somebody. They're shooting at him. She runs out of bullets, and then Arnie shows up with those useless grenades that can't even kill a truck, and he shoots one <laughs> in him, and he blows up, and his body's all like, "Woo, I'm a water wiggle. I don't know what's going on." And then no one does anything, and he just falls into the molten into the molten steel and he turns yep. into abstract art for a little bit and yep. and then he dies and we're all he yay dissolves. yeah and then they throw the arm from the first movie in there and then they throw the chip in the first movie and it goes in there and we're like okay they changed the future yay great but wait no it's done a happy ending hooray for us no there's there's still don't one more don't kill thing. a robot in front of me even if it's Arnold Schwarzenegger don't you do it but there's still one chip left. Where? Where's Is the chip? the chip in my brain? No, oh, that's right. I've like, got the chip in my brain that has to be destroyed, John. Like, I have I to do it. I John, I have to go away. <laughs> I don't want to be here anymore. I don't understand I, you. <laughs> I already told him I'm not doing Terminator 3. Which is a lie. Everything I say is a lie. Okay, eventually I will change my mind and do it. But for a while, I'm not going to do it. And so... He, John's like, you can't go. I ordered you to stay. And he says, what, Steve? I know now uh, why you cry. I know now why you cry. But it is something that I can never do. Yeah, because I'm only a machine. And in real life, I cannot <laughs> I don't cry. understand human emotions. <laughs> <laughs> no one knows, but I have never learned English. This is all phonetic. <laughs> I don't understand anything you people are saying. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And uh, he climbs onto some chains, and they're going to lower him down. Oh, she shakes hands with Sarah, and they yeah. lower him down into the into the metal, into the steel, and it burns up, and the last thing to go in is his hand, and he gives a thumbs up because yeah. we're appealing to that crowd, and it's badass. And then Cowabunga, he dude! <laughs> <laughs> no, wait, I don't want that to be my last words. Oh, fuck, those are my last franchise. words. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> what is it they say on... You got it, dude. No, oh, that's for the children. God damn it. <laughs> I should have just ended it at Hasta La Vista, baby. I won't be back. How about that? That fuck. works. <laughs> <laughs> and then we cut to a road. Yeah. And more narration. And Sarah's like, um, I don't know what the future's going to be, but at least we know it's going to be good or something, right? Yeah, because if a Terminator can learn the value of human life, maybe we can too. But he didn't. He did, sort when, of. No, he didn't. When did he learn the value? He was following orders. When did he learn the value of human life? When he sacrificed himself for the greater good. He's a robot. He has programming. 
Nobody ordered him to, to do. Nobody ordered him to. No, no, his primary mission was not to prevent Skynet. His primary mission was to protect John. Yeah, but his other primary mission was to do with John oh, when he decided, when John ordered him to stay and he disobeyed. Yeah. Right. And he's because it was he knew what was the, what had to be done for the greater good. Okay, whatever. See? Movie's over. Steve? Yes, sir. How do you feel about this science fiction action adventure drama um, teen comedy? <laughs> <laughs> Coming of age. Coming of age. Um, 80s boob comedy movie. The Terminator 2. Judgment Day. That's the greatest film ever made. <laughs> it's a masterpiece. That's what a lot um, of people say. I really like it. Yeah. I really like it. I would not go so far as to say masterpiece. Um, but remember what a good filmmaker James Cameron was before his head disappeared all the way up his own ass? <laughs> I mean, I think we, we talked about this before when we reviewed one of his other movies. Um, and uh, I think we even we, I think we mentioned it when we did Avatar. The only other movies that we've review. reviewed are Titanic and Avatar. When we re- I think when we did Avatar, I know I mentioned it, even yeah. though Avatar was a negative review. Like when he sticks to his strengths, mm-hmm. which is which is which is mostly action. He's a terrific action director. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's really good. And oh no, I he's think, great. Yeah, and I think this kind of movie, which is mostly unpretentious. There's a little bit of pretension in here, and, and tiny bit. Um, but you know, for the most part, it's centered on the action, and it's got a you know a, a relatively simple sci-fi premise, and you know Stolen he's from at Harlan his and Ellison, but who cares? Yeah, and Ellis boy Ellison noticed. Yeah, Ellison noticed oh, really. Boy. He sued because oh, it's Harlan Ellison. Ellison. Yeah, he's yeah he's sued. All right. It's very similar to something I wrote on a cocktail napkin in 1967. I want money. <laughs> and by the way, good for Harlan Ellison. The guy, mm-hmm. he, you know what? He knew what the hustle was. He knew he was a writer in Hollywood, and mm-hmm. he wanted to get paid. And good for him. Yeah. Um, because you're a writer it. in Hollywood. Yeah. You don't get the respect you deserve. Harlan Ellison was like, if you want me to look in your direction, you're going to pay me. And <laughs> good for him. Good for him. But anyway, um, so... Uh, you know, it's hard to think of things complimentary to say about this movie that haven't already been said a million times because it's been celebrated for since it, it came yeah. out, really. I mean, it... Um, Here's the thing. It, I, I, yeah. I'm just going to say this here. Out of all the action films that, made, that were in the made in the 90s, this is the best one, and it was made in 91. <laughs> That's right. It was a long decade. So, yeah, it was a long fucking decade. Well, but also as purely as an action movie, I mean, this does set the bar pretty high. Mm-hmm. Um, the special effects are are were very very celebrated at the time and are still looked back on as benchmarks, even though they don't really the, hold up today you know quite really, as much as you know what really still holds up today. The battle sequences in the future. Oh yeah! Oh no! They you're right. They still look terrific. Yeah. You're right. They still look terrific, and and most of that was like models and stop motion and stuff, and they look mm-hmm. terrific. The force they perspective and a whole yeah. bunch, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like you know the CG stuff, the the digital stuff that they did for the T1000 and the shape shifting and everything, that was considered revolutionary at the time. It doesn't quite hold up today. Uh, it, it's you know, fine. The, 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 it, it's not bad or anything, but you can tell like 
the CGI doesn't blend with the live action elements quite as seamlessly as 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 they do when they do that today. Mm-hmm. But that's not the movie's fault. It was cutting edge. We've just There's gotten better at it only since then. About three point five minutes of it in the film. That's that's true. That's it true. It cost more it, than five million dollars. This was, I think, at the time, this was the most expensive movie ever made. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I mean, that's that, that's a title that keeps getting, you know, uh, taken by other movies. It, yep. I don't know if it was the most expensive movie ever made for very long, but at the time it was. And yeah. and we mentioned and we mentioned earlier, like how long principal photography was. Like I think they shot for like eight months, mm-hmm. which is really unusual. Um, yeah. That's a long principal photography shoot well there was also Um, a lot of stunts a lot of people they took their time they didn't want to i mean here's the thing getting someone killed on your movie is bad and they were doing some really some really iffy stunts where if anything went wrong the person the the stunt people were gonna die yeah yeah anyway yeah but so yeah the special effects i think are are have always been sort of the headline of the movie but for the most part, the special effects are put to the service of the story. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a pretty simple story, mm-hmm. which, which is good because in most cases, action-forward stories like this should be simple. They shouldn't be loaded up with complications. Um, the, the action sequences in the movie are all carried out by characters who have very clear, very easy-to-understand goals mm-hmm. you know and, and you can sort of break the movie into sections where first you have the opening section where the two terminators are looking for john and then you have john and schwarzenegger running from the t-1000 and then going to the hospital to rescue sarah mm-hmm. and then also running from the t-1000 after that yeah. and then the three of them setting out to stop skynet from being created and prevent judgment day and then also running from the t-1000 one last time mm-hmm. and so the, the the story has a lot of moving parts but but none of those parts are all that complicated. And that last section, which is the bit where they they go to Cyberdyne with Dyson to blow everything up and prevent the creation of Skynet, mm-hmm. Skynet, to me, that's the most important part because it's at that point that these characters become heroes in a sense of not just being the protagonists of the movie, but they are trying to do something good and positive for the world. They're not just running for their lives and fighting for survival against the T-1000. They're fighting to change the future for the better. Uh And, And that's a nice reversal from the first Terminator movie where Kyle is sent back to preserve the future. This time, the heroes are saying, no, that future isn't good enough. Uh We're going to make a better future it's by changing things now progression for the sequel oh absolutely and and the t-800's character arc concludes when we just mentioned it at the end of our summer there when he realizes that in order to prevent that dark future and all of the death that comes with it he needs to allow himself to be destroyed he needs to sacrifice himself if he's going to actually do what John tells him to do. Because at the end of that, you know, John says, no, I order you, I order you not to do it. But John has already ordered him not to kill anybody. Mm -hmm. And the ultimate way to follow that order is to prevent Judgment Day and prevent all of those people from being killed. So he has himself lowered into the steel um, to prevent, or so he thinks, to prevent that future from happening. Um, The movie has some corny spots. 
Sure. Uh, and, and, and some, you know, we, we mentioned before uh, Edward Furlong's limitation as an actor, and uh, I think that's fair. And also, he doesn't get a lot of help from the script. A lot of his character's dialogue is really cringeworthy. Mm-hmm. Um, they're try- he's talking like a teenager, and it's like, oh, man, just stop. Just stop trying so hard. <laughs> um, and there are times when Schwarzenegger's Terminator feels like he has two modes, action hero and exposition dispenser. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, but it transcends those weak points with some really, really outstanding action. I mean, yeah. the, uh, you know, we have not one or two, but three really great action characters here. We have the Terminator played by Schwarzenegger. We have Sarah Connor mm. and we have the T-1000. They're all fantastic. I, uh, you mentioned Linda Hamilton getting absolutely absolutely crazy in shape for this and but it's not just her physical performance she's oh no she's not doing at all really well she's she gives a good performance like she's she's doing good acting here in addition to everything else but but she's she really transformed to, Steve. i mean look at her co-stars <laughs> she's it's, the only one left it's arnold schwarzenegger and, and edward furlong and robert patrick doesn't have hardly any lines so it's no. not like he can do a whole lot but no. um but yeah, she, I mean, she gives a great performance overall, but she's a fantastic action hero in this. And and as you said, uh, completely credible. Yeah. Like, you buy her as a badass from the moment you see her, and you never, there's never a moment where she does anything in the movie where you're like, oh, okay, but it's just a movie. She couldn't really do that. Like, she seems credible in everything she does. Um, you know, Schwarzenegger is great. Robert Patrick is terrific mm-hmm. as the T-1000. I mean, it's a, you know, I feel like he was so good that he kind of got typecast a little. Well, I mean, because... it was an instantly iconic role, right? Yeah. He was playing oh, a yeah. kind of character that no one had ever seen before, much like, well, Arnold in the first one. Yeah. And it's such a specific character and it's so specifically tied to this movie and to this world mm-hmm. that, you know, it's hard, it's hard to translate it into other stuff. Right. Um, you know, but, and it also, and the movie also has some heart and yet yeah, yeah. sometimes the heart comes across as a little corny, but ultimately I think it's more to the movie's benefit than to its detriment because if the characters don't start to care about each other, if you don't have the scene where Sarah, you know, hugs John and, 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 and starts treating him like a child instead of just as something to protect, if you don't have the Terminator learning the value of human life and, you know, all of that stuff, even though that, that comes across as kind of corny sometimes, yeah. you know, um, then, then what does any of this mean? What does any of, the, what does any of this matter? Like, what's the mm-hmm. point? It's just action without meaning. And if the you movie, don't give a shit about the characters, if you don't give a shit about the characters, and if you don't see that the characters give a shit about stuff, yeah, you know, which and I think the movie gives us enough of that that uh, that it, it you know th- those things land and have meaning, um, and yeah, it's a great sequel because, like you said a second ago, it, it does what all great sequels do which is it gives us more of what we got in the first movie but it builds on it and takes it in a different direction Mm -hmm. that feels fresh but also feels true to the original Mm -hmm. um it does that really well it's it's usually near the top without any shitty fanboys saying what Sarah Connor would wind up in a mental hospital she would have been a bet you know all that other bullshit we are so lucky that we got so many good years of movies like this before the era of compulsory fan service. Yeah. Because you're right. I mean, as 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 great as our current era is in some ways and as wonderful as social media is, this, you know, the the idea that a movie like this would be made, this massive big budget movie 
sequel to an already successful movie with with at the time schwarzenegger the biggest movie star in the world Mm -hmm. james cameron one of the most successful directors in the world that you could make a movie like this and not even have to worry about fan service not even have to worry about oh gee are people going to be mad because sarah connor's in a mental hospital or Uh are people going to be mad because arnold is playing a good guy instead of the bad guy or all this horseshit that people would turn that that they they have to tie themselves in knots over now Uh because 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 every fandom has that little toxic corner of the culture that is just going to reflexively hate everything and and you know make noise about it even if 95 percent of every else thinks it's fine there's that five mm-hmm. percent that is going to throw a hissy fit and throw a temper tantrum and make it seem like people hate the movie and you know they're going to be like oh gosh what were we thinking putting sarah in a mental hospital that was a stupid idea and it's like <laughs> that might only be 10 people that have yeah. a problem with it you know but yeah so i yeah it's 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 the kind of movie that it it's a great sequel because it it takes things in a different direction but it feels true to the original it doesn't feel fan servicey it doesn't feel sheepish or intimidated by the choices it's making it's got a lot of confidence yeah um and it gives schwarzenegger a chance to show off his comic timing as Mm -hmm. well as to shoot things um and you know he's he's still sort of growing as an actor at this point i think he has some some beats in the movie that are neither action beats nor comedy beats that work really well. Like uh, the first time he asks, or no, I think it's the second time uh, when he asks John, why do you cry when they're working on the car, when they're out Mm -hmm. there in the desert and uh, he's like underneath the car working on something. And he like, he looks up at him and he says, why do you cry? And he says that line, like he's like, he's a computer asking for information. Mm -hmm. You know, he's not like a puppy dog. You know, he's not like, why do you cry or anything like that? And he's not like completely deadpan with it. He and the, the look on his face when he says it, it's like he's seeking information. You know what I mean? It's right. almost like a soft kind of interrogation. Like, why do you cry? And he just wants to know. And he plays that moment really, really well. And so he's really good in this. Linda Hamilton is great, as we've talked about. Um, and looks like, you know, she's having a great time just being a bad motherfucker and going uh-huh. nuts. Um, and it lets us see Robert Patrick be really scary just by running fast with an intense look <laughs> on his face. It's so simple, but it's so effective. He's the scariest motherfucker in the movie. And all he's doing is just running after somebody. And it's like, oh, shit, I'm going to piss myself. That's <laughs> like, that's a scary dude. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a terrific movie. Um, it's definitely the best Terminator movie. I know there are a lot of people who prefer the first one, but I think it's, and I mean, are there, is there anybody who, who, who prefers any of the ones after this? God, I hope I not. Know. Um, but, uh, definitely for me, definitely the best Terminator movie, uh, really high on the list of James Cameron movies. Uh, maybe even his best movie. I'm not sure. You'll have to ask me after I've seen Aliens again recently. But uh, among his best work. Among and, it, yeah. um, and, and among the best Schwarzenegger movies. Just a terrific movie all around. So there you go. Highly recommended for me. Okay. So I feel pretty much the same way that Steve does. Um, T2 set an example that uh, the rest of the 90s had to live up to. And uh, it kind of failed miserably as far as action-adventure sci-fi. Lots of people tried to do, um, again, because they copied the Terminator. 
in the 80s. They're going to try to copy T2 in the 90s and yeah. failed miserably. Hmm. Um, action sequence. The action sequences are the most important parts of the film. Had they been done poorly, shot wrong, edited badly, um, this movie wouldn't have as much as a punch. When those action sequences are going, they're clear. You understand what's going on, even though there are multiple cuts. That is difficult, and most people don't appreciate how difficult it is to cut action until they've seen it done badly, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, I will tell you this much. Cameron's action sequences are far more logical and coherent than Steven Spielberg's action sequences, where if something doesn't make any logical sense, you're just like, he relies on you just keep moving forward and you ignore all the mistakes he's making along the road. There aren't really any mistakes in Cameron action sequences, even when they're very complex and there are a number of things going on at the same time. He's very clear, very focused. I can't take that away from him. Um, And the plot, like, like Steve said, it's simple, just like the first Terminator was simple, right? Um, yeah, it can be kind of complex. If you walked in here blind and you didn't hadn't seen the first movie, thankfully, they tell us twice. I really wish they would get rid of all of the voiceover and all of the exposition. There was nothing there that they couldn't say in dialogue. To have the doctor have to repeat, re- basically tell a convenient newbie doctor all about Sarah Connor... It's just dumb, and it treats your audience like it's dumb. Thankfully, there's not a whole lot of stuff in there, but even when she's doing the voiceover about how the new Terminator will never hit John, never leave him, never do all that stuff, we should be able to infer that. Right. It shouldn't have to be told to us. It's a nice bit of dialogue, but they're doing it to to explain why she takes off, right? It's like, oh, well, we couldn't convey that visually? Yeah, you could have, but you didn't. (laughs) So, you know, I'm not going to hold it against it. She's great in this movie. Arnold's great in this movie. Edward Furlong is a kid who's never acted before in his entire life and was picked up at a shopping mall to do this movie. So you infer how good his, his acting is. Okay. Um, like I said, he's probably the weakest part because there are moments where you don't believe anything he's saying, not for a couple of minutes, but for long stretches of the film. He lacks the focus and... Um, the vocal control of someone acting in a film and so he comes off as a little unsteady unsure the character is a little shaky um had they had a stronger child actor in there um then this would have made it would have tightened up the film but we're here for the chase sequences we're here for the really cool special effects we're here for the explosions you know, I'm only joking. Why didn't they run out of the, the out of the foundry? I know why they ran ran into the foundry because the movie has to fucking end. Otherwise, it would just keep going. <laughs> exactly. But I mean, it's it's fun. It's still a good movie. I was still engaged. I haven't seen it, and I don't know how long. Um, but boy, this is when Cameron understood people like action. I just made the abyss that didn't have any, well, almost any, and no one liked that. <laughs> and they said you want to make another movie make us Terminator 2 you'll see you'll be back on top Jimmy boy and he's like fine whatever but then I get to make Titanic no you have to make another Arnold Schwarzenegger film but then after that one I get to make Titanic we'll see how those other other movies do (laughs) we'll talk okay Mm mm-hmm but I mean, this kind of set a, a standard and a tone for the 90s. We've eventually got over it. Um, I really wish mm-hmm. movies would stop trying to copy what other movies do. We've kind of got out of it, gotten out of that. 
simply because there's not as many movies being produced now as there were back then. Um, but it's a great film. I'm not gonna I'm I'm not gonna say anything negative about it really, other than the exposition and the narration. Yeah. There was a really bad ending that, uh, thankfully, a test audience said, this is dumb and I don't like it. And they said, okay, <laughs> which makes the movie stronger. Absolutely. Originally, we were going to go into the future to see a grown-up John and a really old a really old mommy, and <laughs> it would be in the future. And they said, it looks different from everything else in the film. I kind of wish they had done it just so that they couldn't make a sequel. Yeah, so they could sequel-proof it forever, yeah. Yeah. But no, I like the ending that they, they wound up with. It's unfortunate that this thing got out of people's hands and became another Jaws. And yeah. uh, that's basically what's happened. You want to know why the movie's so shitty? It's because it got out of somebody's hands and movies that shouldn't have been made have been made. And if you are a fan of all those movies and you love the, the Terminator franchise as a whole, great. I'm glad. But I soundly, when I heard there's a Terminator 3, I said, why? Yeah. This is a great this is a great story that ended it. Why do we need a third one? Much less four more. Fourth one and a fifth one. And a, yeah, exactly. It's too right? many. Avatar? Too many. <laughs> yeah. Just stop. Stop it, please. We don't need any more of these. It's good. We didn't need the first one, really. Yeah. We're good. We're good. No more blue people. These are green. No more. Shut no. up. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> so, Steve, classic? Very much so. Classic, yeah, absolutely. Very much so a classic. Um, it's influenced films. It continues to influence films. People still reference jokes from it, and everyone gets it because everyone fucking saw it. So, classic. Steve? Absolutely. Not recommend something, please. Oh, boy. I'm going to not recommend another killer robot movie. Hooray. I love killer robot movies. Yeah, me too. But this one's not so good. Even though (laughs) it has a terrific cast, including a fellow you may have heard of by the name of Will Smith. Oh, no. And And one of my personal favorite actors, who I love in anything I've ever seen him in, Bruce Greenwood. Yeah. Directed by a fellow named Alex Proyas, who also directed one of my favorite movies ever, Dark City. Mm-hmm. And then, other than that, just a bunch of crap. Just a ton of it, uh, yeah. Just a ton of crap. Uh, anyway, the movie I'm not recommending is, of course, 2004's I, Robot. <laughs> which is you got to such... mention how they held down the book and beat it. <laughs> oh, my God. It's, yeah. If you're a fan of Isaac Asimov, there's very little here for you. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it's it's not good. It's no. it's. I mean, it's expensive and it's big yeah. and and epic and action packed, but it's really boring and very rote, like very paint by numbers in terms of the plot and mm-hmm. um, totally wastes an awesome cast. I already mentioned Will Smith and Bruce Greenwood. It also has Bridget Moynihan and James Cromwell and Alan mm-hmm. Tudyk and Shia LaBeouf. And it's just no, it's like, it's just, there's just nothing going on here other than big names and, and a, a yeah. direct and a director who had, he also directed the crow, which was kind of his big sort of coming yeah. out party. And the yeah. crow is okay. I think people, especially people who were like my age when the crow came out uh-huh. really super overrated it. Like the crow is not that great of a movie, but it's fine. Um, and then he did Dark City, which I think is absolutely a masterpiece. And then it's just been a real steep slide downhill ever since. Yep. Um, but yeah, so iRobot, not a good movie. Not a good killer robot movie even, which is a shame. I kind of wish because the robots had killed more people. Because he did not kill anyone. I know. I wanted more robots doing more actual killing. <laughs> 
You know, wanted that robot to kill Will Smith's mom. I wanted it to be Die Robot, not I Robot. <laughs> but anyway, uh, that's the movie I am not recommending. If you see Terminator 2 and you're like, oh, I got a Jones for killer robots, I would recommend that you not see I Robot. Thanks, Steve. As you guys know, I like to not recommend a movie from the same year as the movie that we just reviewed, and it's 1991. And my following not recommendation wouldn't have happened had I not discovered new things from about Steve and his likes and dislikes over the last couple of weeks. Oh, boy. Oh, man. I, okay, I see this one coming. Things that you heard about on previous broadcasts of this show uh, and on his YouTube channel if you follow him there. I see this the one coming. That- I, like, I love this. <laughs> Go ahead. Hit me. Hit me. Hurt me. The movie that I'm not going to recommend is a tiny film called Robin Hood. Prince of Thieves. <laughs> Stars directed by Kevin Reynolds, who also directed that great film, Waterworld. Oh boy, he's a, he's a genius. And stars Ke- Alan Rickman and nobody else. Oh, it's, come on now. No, come on what? No, fuck it. Do you think any you, of them mentioned this movie out loud in public? No. You give you give Costner his respect. I'm not giving him nothing. You give Costner his respect. Con- if Costner <laughs> wants my respect, he can come over here and get it. <laughs> you make me a goddamn hamburger and we'll start talking about respect, Costner. You owe me more than that. That's hilarious. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, <laughs> quoting... Roger Ebert is a murky, unfocused, violent, and depressing version of the classic story. And I agree. Also, awful, poorly acted, cheesy, and weird. (laughs) I did not like it. I did go see it when it first came out. I was 22 years old, and I went, I don't like, I don't like this. This is not good. It was bad. It was just a bad movie, Steve. And that's why so many people have forgotten about it. And that's why so many people went, why did Mel Brooks make a spoof of this? This only came out like two years ago, and no one saw the fucking thing. And you know what was most disappointing about the movie? What? The children's toys. The toys were pretty shoddy. The toys they were pretty shoddy. They repurposed the Justice yeah. League toys from one yeah. toy line and the Ewoks toys yeah. they, from yeah, another they, toy line. They they plundered the the Batman line and the yeah the Star Wars line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Kenner had the license for everything at that point, so Kenner just right. was like, "Oh, what do we have just lying around?" And everyone assumed that kids are going to rush out of the movie after just having experienced rape drama. And and uh, what else was in there? Violence, racism. I mean, granted, they were fighting against racism. Don't get exactly. Me. They were fighting okay. against racism. That's right. Just like they did in eleven, whatever it the fuck it is. Exactly. Eleven ninety one. Eleven ninety one. Got yes. it. Um, it's bad. It's just don't listen, Steve. Don't listen to him. He likes it because he's he's a weird pervert, and he he gets he gets off liking things that nobody else likes. I'm sure there are things in there that hey, I do I'm like. not. I'm not Armand White. Come on. <laughs> I'm not just being contrarian for the sake of it. Yeah, you're not being Mike Sticklosa. Just being oh, contrary. <laughs> I don't like it. 
Um, but it's it's I I just didn't I don't derive joy from even the memory of it. So please don't see it. If you want to see a good Robin Hood movie, go watch Robin and Marion with Sean Connery from the nineteen seventies. Now that is a really good movie. I will agree with you there. Mm-hmm. That is a really I mean, good movie. You even star someone that I don't like in it, who I don't mind being in it, and that's uh, what's her face. <sighs> Skinny. She was in Breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh, Audrey Hepburn. Oh, Audrey Hepburn. That's right. Is it? Or, or I thought it was Catherine Hepburn who was in Robin. No, Catherine and Marian. Hepburn. I don't think Catherine Hepburn is in Robin and Marion. Is Audrey. it Audrey Hepburn? Okay. You're yeah, thinking it's been a while, of Catherine it's, it's been a while since I saw The Lion in Winter. That's right. Yes, The Lion. Yeah. Okay. Which that's is also right. a good movie. Go see that. Absolutely. That has, uh, that has uh, Anthony Hopkins and he and Catherine Hepburn and. Uh, Peter O'Toole. Good That's movie. a good movie, too. Hell of a cast. Mm-hmm. But don't see Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. He's more like Robin Hood, Prince of... Please give us your money. We don't, we're don't. we not putting no effort into this. Fuck it. I, and fuck you. <laughs> I genuinely and unironically enjoy it. He does unironically enjoy the film. I learned that. And now, thankfully, due to his pick of the year 1991 movie, I get to say something about it on the actual podcast. (sighs) Well, now that we know how you really feel. Mm -hmm. Hey, Steve. Yes, yes, yes. It's time for you to make a terrible choice. Oh, I was hoping you'd say that. At this time on the show, Steve gets to make a blind choice from three movies that I have picked. All three of these movies have something in common, and that is they are adaptations from novels or short stories. Oh, boy. So, Steve, please pick A, B, or C. I'm going with C. Okay. There There wasn't a bad pick. Oh, good. I was leaning for one because I really love the movie, and I wouldn't mind watching it again for, like, the 19th time. But... We'll we'll review this one. Had you chosen A, we would have watched the 1960s adaptation of To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh, okay. Had you chosen B, we would have watched the glorious, glorious adaptation of No Country for Old Men. Oh, damn. Oh, I love that I know. Movie. I know. Oh, man. That hurts. I know. But instead, you chose C, an adaptation of a short story from one of our country's most praised authors Stephen King. Oh. And it's one of the better adaptations of his of his work. The movie that we're going to review next, make sure you got your Kleenex ready, is the should have been probably won the Academy Award that year but didn't <laughs> along with Pulp Fiction because oh Forrest Gump had to get all the awards. The Shawshank Redemption. Oh yeah. So if you want to get all the jokes, please watch that before we record the next podcast when it comes out, whenever it is. I don't know. I, COVID, time is meaningless. <laughs> I don't, two weeks, whatever that two, means. Two weeks. <laughs> um, so that's it. Thank you guys for listening in once again. For Late Seating, this is Jason Harding, and go see a movie this week. And this is Steve Shives. Jason, I just want to know one thing. What? Why do you cry? Do you want to know the real reason why I cry? Yeah. Because you like Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. That's why. Mm. That's why that, I cry. So you're crying. So you're crying tears of joy and tears of pride. No, I'm tearing. I'm I'm deeply saddened that I can picture you sitting at home in your underwear, mm-hmm. eating some sort of snack food. I'm hoping oh, yeah. it's popcorn. Probably. Probably. Usually, usually popcorn. Yeah. Usually. Yeah. And you probably probably put some you know, nutritional yeast on it because you're one of those healthy veggie guys. Right. Well, you can't just eat empty calories, you know what I mean? Like, well, yeah, you yeah. got to put something on it. Sure, of And course. you just weep your way through 
Prince of uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and you rewind it and you watch it again on a loop. Yeah. Instead of watching all the other great movies that are out there, yeah, some of them might even have Kevin Costner in it. <laughs> you know, I would, I, I would watch it again tonight, but there's wrestling on tonight, so I can't watch it tonight. Thank you, wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll just get up early tomorrow morning and watch it then. Uh, please stop. Are you gonna take up archery? Uh, no, nah, I don't one think of so. Those kids. I, I know because I could never be as good as Robin Hood. He barely used his bow in that movie. He used his bow quite a bit, actually. It's been Did a while he? since it's been a while since you've seen it. He's he's he's. There's shooting. a reason that it's been a while since <laughs> yeah, I've seen it. Steve. I get the impression that you didn't enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> he's shooting things left and right in that movie. Oh well, great for him in his flat, emotionless American voice. You show you put respect on Costner's name. How I'm not dare putting you. no respect on his goddamn name. Did you watch completely unrelated topic? Did you watch did you watch the Field of Dreams game a couple weeks no, ago? No, I oh, didn't. You should have, oh, you should have watched it. It was beautiful. And Costner was there. Oh, was he really? He walked out of the cornfield with the players, yeah. Oh, that's nice. It, it was beautiful. It was awesome. That doesn't feel gross to you? No. It'll feel gross when they do the exact same thing next year. But this year, when they did the first <laughs> one, it was beautiful. Did they have actual baseball players, or were they actors? And that it was one of the worst no, games you ever seen. No, oh, actually, no. It was it was a regulation game. It was an in season game. It was uh, White Sox versus. Uh, I think it was White Sox versus Reds. Actually, it was like how the, big is it, that it was, stadium? It it wasn't as big as like well they they built another stadium or like across the road from from the ballpark that they that they used to shoot the movie so yeah. it was like so it, it was like major league regulation and the stands were I mean it wasn't nearly I think they they said it could seat maybe like five thousand people um, yeah just in grandstands on either side you know and and it was actually it it was a really good game it went back and forth and it was it was uh it wasn't decided until the ninth inning and it ended on a walk-off home run it was a really good game great it and the white Sox won the, and the white Sox won so a it was movie great that was so against the commercialization of baseball has in turn become a commercial for baseball or the uh, well Major i mean League. What's happened to James, you? James Earl Jones did tell him to charge admission at the end. Yeah, well, you do anything that James Earl Jones tells you to do. People right? will come, Ray, and you'll soak them. You'll sell them you'll tickets and them. T-shirts and hot, hot dogs. dogs. will become $20 each, no and a one beer will, care. will be 40 You want a pennant? That's $80. <laughs> you'll be rich, Ray, rich. If you want a jersey, you have to sign a second mortgage to your home. And Everyone they'll do it without thinking. Ready. They'll just give you all of their money. You'll have to kick them out if they don't have it. Be ready for that. Anyone sneaks in, beat them to death, Ray. That's your money they're taking. <laughs> I think we just wrote the sequel to Field of Dreams. Force the ghosts to play all the time. What are they? They're ghosts. They can't get tired, right? <laughs> what do they have to do? Also, when, if you if you ever have a son who has superpowers, tell him not to save people. <laughs> All right, that's it. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs> See you next time when we review the uplifting movie about jail. Ah, uh, yeah, buddy. Late Seating is a Let Me Listen podcast production featuring Steve Shives and Jason Harding. Produced by Jason Harding. Theme music, Rollin' at Five, composed and performed by Kevin McLeod. 
You can find more Let Me Listen podcast productions at our website at www.letmelistenpodcast.com. You can also find us on Stitcher, iTunes, or just about anywhere you download podcasts. Late Seating is a listener-supported podcast. If you would like to support Late Seating or any of the other Let Me Listen productions for as little as $1 a month, please visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash Let Me Listen. And thanks for listening.